Hello, Hey Boomer listeners. I am your host, Wendy Green. And our guests today, Stu and Jana Zonder, are going to inspire you and we're going to have fun with them. They are collaborators in life and in work, and they each have their own individual accomplishments, which we're going to hear more about. But as I was preparing for the show today, I started to think about what is fun, right? Because so many of us in the Western tradition anyway, put off fun until maybe we take a vacation. And some people put it off until retirement. And that is a really hard thing to do because once you retire, if you've not been practicing fun, sometimes you don't really know how to have fun. And then on the other hand, a lot of people recognize that that just having fun just living that life of leisure is not really enough. There needs to be some meaning, some purpose, some passion in their lives. So when I was thinking about that, I made a list of some of the things that I think that I find fun that give me pleasure. And on that list, I had dancing and I had hiking and I had listening to music, working in my garden, growing my vegetables um, and my flowers, spending time with my friends and family and doing this, which is maybe work, but work is fun for me. And I think work is also fun for Stu and Jana, which you're going to hear more about. So I would encourage you to make a list. Think about some of the ways that you have fun in your life. And are you giving yourself time to have fun in your daily life? And the reason I ask that question is because I haven't always been really good at that, giving myself permission to have fun. I always put like work and responsibilities first. And I think part of that is the way I was raised. And I remember my brother and sister and I, we were like little Tom Sawyers trying to get our friends to help us with our chores so that we could finish faster. And then maybe we could go play. But we always had so many responsibilities growing up. So I have been really working harder at adding fun into my life. But on today's show, we are going to have fun. In fact, Stu's tagline for his business is all fun, all the time at Stu's College of Musical Knowledge. So if you like the energy of music and you like the energy of being passionate about life, you are going to enjoy my guests, Stu and Jana Zonder. Let me bring on Stu and Jana. All right. Hi. 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 So good to have you guys on the show. Very happy to be here. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Well, let me do a brief introduction, okay? Uh, when they married, Stu and Jana Zonder had no idea that their partnership would extend to so many areas of their lives. In addition to being happily married for 40 years, wow, guys. They have also joined together their creative abilities as musicians, writers, and performers. When they met, Jana was acting in theater and Stu was teaching guitar. She went to him for lessons, and after two lessons, they were in love. (laughs) (laughs) Stu is a master musician and teacher of both guitar and ukulele. And in recent years, he has offered all of his classes online 
and has students all over the U.S. and in other countries. He is an endorsed artist and teacher for Flight Ukuleles. Stu and Jana are partners in their business, String Along with Stu, where her skills in website design, writing, and management have served them well. Well, sir. <laughs> Jana is a published author, editor, and ghostwriter. Her first book, Magenta Rave, is a gripping, taut psychological thriller that turns the tables on convicted sexual predators. Mm. It will keep you guessing <laughs> until the end. And Stu has partnered and supported her in her writing and is always the first reader and editor for her work. He is a writer as well, and they have collaborated on songs and other projects over the year. But perhaps their greatest pleasure comes from performing together. They both sing, play guitar, and ukulele. And before the pandemic, they performed as a musical comedy duo. We're going to get to see some of that. And they performed in venues across the country, and they perform in, in house concerts, which sounds like so much fun. I'm going to have to have a house concert after the pandemic is. We'll be there. Yes. <laughs> Stu and Jana have continued to grow in their individual pursuits and as an artistic team. And as part of the baby boom generation, it has surprised them that they are enjoying this time of life so much. Hmm. we got to find out about that. But first, I want to know a little bit more about you guys. Did you have, have you always been artists or did you have a traditional career at some point? Well, I think we've all always had artistic tendencies that like many good parents try to get them out of us, you know, <laughs> right. We, we've always going in that direction. But we both had very uh, straight careers. Yes. So what did you do? Well, I was in the mortgage business for 16 years and I did, uh, I, I'd say I did reasonably well, but didn't really enjoy it very much. I always knew there was something else I should be doing, mm. you know, but I was brought up to think that, making X amount of dollars was, was the goal and doing something that is traditional is the goal. And I never um, really believed you could make a living or be happy just teaching music. And I was wrong because I found out what happened with me was I was working for JP Morgan Chase at the time of the banking problems in 2008 and was laid off with about 1,100 other people the same day. And it was one of the best days of my life because I was burnt out of the mortgage business and ready for something new. And shortly after that happened, Jan sat me down and said, so here we are, you're 55 years old. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? And we talked about it and I says, I want to teach music. I want to teach guitar. At the time it was just guitar because I was not aware of the beauty of the ukulele. And we also had a recording studio in our home. So we were, we were living in Asheville, North Carolina at the time. So we started making demos for people and CDs for people in our home, which was great fun. And then Jan brought me the idea of something called Skype, <laughs> which I had never heard of, which totally changed everything and, and made my window huge in terms of being able to teach. So that was that was the biggest game changer of all, too. And and it's, I've never looked back. I've never been happier. Yeah, no, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do now. And I'm delighted. Yeah, really. That's true. And for me, um, if you ever try to be an actor, you always <laughs> have to have a job, you know, so. Um, I actually started working the day after I graduated from high school because of a family situation. And I started out as a secretary and I became an executive secretary. 
And when I decided I wanted to study theater and become an actor, I did a lot of temporary jobs. Uh, I, I quit a, a, you know, a secure job and started doing temporary work. And that was wonderful for learning dialogue, you know, between the theater, we studied great writing and being just in different offices all the time. I learned a lot about what motivates people, how they think, how they talk in any given situation. So that was really helpful for my writing. Um, and, you know, those skills also that I learned in offices have really served us well uh, in String Along with Stu. So it was just kind of a perfect storm of us go trying to fit our round selves into square holes and then, <laughs> you know, eventually saying, oh, we'll just take those skills we used and, and do something we really want to do. And I saw when you were in Asheville and right around the banking crisis that, you know, part of you is about giving back and you found that you could give back in a special way to some of the homeless shelters. Will you tell us about that? Yeah, go ahead, honey. Well, shortly after I was laid off, you know, we we were kind of at loose ends at that time. This is as we were trying to figure out what to do. And we decided to do something nice and do something to give back. So we started playing at several homeless shelters in Asheville. And a funny thing happened. We started playing at these shelters, and the people we were playing for looked just like us, just like us. It was They were our age. They looked perfectly reasonable. This was not the this the groups we were playing for didn't look like what we had been taught homeless people necessarily looked like. These are people who who were lost in the in the shuffle here, and and we were not far away at that time. And and we realized anybody could be homeless. That's right. That's right. And um, very sobering. Yeah, for sure. And so I think it 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 made us even oddly enough, it didn't scare us into going into something more secure. But it did scare us into saying we want to do something that's authentic with right. our lives. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Forward. right. It was really a lovely time. We uh, yeah. We met some great people and played at this one. Uh, was it battered women's shelter? Yeah, or it was homeless women's shelter with children that was so fun and uh -huh. yeah, they were so appreciative, you know, and singing along. It was it was beautiful. It was truly. Really yeah. 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 And that, and you make a good point. I mean, it could happen, you know, things happen and, and to live authentically, to take that risk, but to make a commitment to it, I think was a beautiful thing that y'all did. And so, so you collaborate on songs and you do musical comedy. Um, but as a married couple, uh, there must be fun parts and challenging parts to collaborating and working together. Is that you know, true? <laughs> mostly fun. Mostly fun. You know, we're very lucky in yeah. that we come from very different backgrounds, but our core beliefs, our basic habits, the the way we like our house to look, all of that. Our sense of humor. Our sense of humor. It's very similar. It is. It's surprisingly similar. So we don't have any major differences that right. we have to fight over. You know. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people when the when the virus hit. And everybody started working from home. It was a big adjustment of oh, being together all the time. But Jan and I have worked together at home for years together, and it's never been a problem. And we—I don't know how we would do it otherwise anymore. You know, I don't one either. of us had to go to an actual job someplace. Yeah, <laughs> we don't. We don't. We don't get into big fights. We don't have, yeah. you know, big issues around it no, at we, all. We do very well. At all. Like that, yeah. 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 
That's awesome. Yeah. So I know, right? Because a lot of people take it, like if you're a writer, you take it very personally. If someone comments on your stuff. Um, so that's awesome that you can. Well, you know, theater was very helpful for me with that because in theater, part of the learning process is for your, your, your peers to um, critique you. And so when you do a class, after it's over, they critique you. And people have all kinds of agendas. Most people uh, are coming from a good place, but some people aren't. So mm -hmm. you really have to learn to just take it in and say, okay, what's true for me? Does that resonate with me? If it does, then I'm gonna look at that. I'm doing something that I can that change and thank you for helping me. If it doesn't resonate, then you have to say, okay, I'm, I don't think that's right. You have to learn to listen to your own inner voice I think as um, any kind of creative person, that's one of the first things, if you can get that, you get a lot of freedom in your work to trust mm -hmm. your own inner voice. Yeah. And was that true for you also, Stu, that you were able to um, accept Jana's comments because you felt secure enough in your own inner voice? Um, well, <laughs> I was always able to accept Jana's comments because they were always intended in the right way, for sure. You know, even if it was critical, it was it was with a good spirit. So whether I was secure in my own self is another question. But <laughs> but, but I, I've never had an issue with anything. Jan, well, you know, Jan has been helpful with you know, such and, an understatement is, you know. I'm sorry. And yeah, what sorry. I was going to say is that after you've been a while together for quite a while, um, you know, nothing's going to destroy things. So you get mad yeah. for a minute and it passes and, you know. It's, it goes away. Yeah. Nothing. Well, I know that you guys want to play a couple of fun songs for us. Yes. But, Stu, I, before you do that, you told me that you are um, representing a new ukulele company. Do you want to tell us about I'm, that for a minute? Flight, I sure would. Flight I'm gonna, it's a company called Flight Ukuleles from Europe, from Slovenia. Oh. Okay. The company is very big in Europe and India and China, and they're relatively new in the States. And I met up with them through uh, Mike McQueen at the Uke Republic, who's been very helpful to me. And we have just come together and I'm going to be doing demos on their instruments and doing workshops for them. I'm very, very excited about it. They have a very active marketing plan and they've given me a beautiful ukulele, excuse me, ukulele to use. And it's exciting. You know, um, I've done this before for companies and I never really felt connected to the company that well because like, I was kind of a free agent, but this is part of a plan here that I'm mm. very, very excited about. And there's direction with it and lots to do. I'm, I'm delighted to be with Flight and look forward to it very much. It's a very well, that's exciting. recent <laughs> relationship that developed with that. And, yeah, and I want to learn more about the, the different types of ukuleles and guitars, but first I would love for you guys to play a couple of songs for us. Great. So and uh, you, This first one we're going to do is Originally, when Stu and I started doing uh, parodies, musical parodies, we were doing a lot of political stuff. And uh, as we aged, as we got older, we started looking at our generation. And now our stuff is more uh, kind of comments on aging and uh, that kind of thing. All right. This little tune we like to call Our Bodies, They Are a Changing. Our chests, they have fallen. Our hips they have grown Where once there was hair Now there is none 
we want younger bodies instead of our own. Our priorities are rearranging. So we can't be afraid if we want to get laid. For our bodies, they are a-changing. Our ears, they are ringing. Our stomachs, they moan. Now there's a jowl where there once was a bone. Our food goes unsalted. We've got kidney stones. Our priorities are rearranging. Just joining the health club won't do it alone. For our bodies, they are a-changing. We've heard Dolly Parton's surgeons in town. We want to lift up what has now fallen down. In all of our hearts, we still get around. But our children all think we're deranged. So we better start nipping, or soon we'll be tucked. For our bodies, they are a-changing. For our bodies, they are Oh, <laughs> uh, that was so much fun. No wonder you guys never fight. You're laughing too much. <laughs> you gotta laugh, you know, it's happening to everybody. <laughs> you gotta laugh, yeah. Um Well, you know, um, Wendy, I was asked to give a special message to someone out there by my dear friend Catherine Hepburn. Oh, so I just want to say, Norman, Norman, you old poop. Don't you know you're my knight in shining armor, darling? When I get home, we'll get on that old horse of yours and we'll ride, ride, ride. <laughs> I love it. That was very good. <laughs> So you have another one from one of my favorite TV shows back in the day. Would you like to introduce it? Sure. Yes. This is um, the couple that defined our generation, the family that defined our generation, uh, Archie and Edith. And this is their theme song. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made the hit Guys like us, we had it made. Those were the days. And you knew who you were then. Girls were girls and men were men. Mr. We could use a man like Herbert Hoover again. Didn't need no welfare state. Everybody pulled his weight. G.R. LaSalle ran great. Those were the days. 
guys are great. Jana, the voice is amazing. <laughs> oh, we got a million of them. Ah, well, definitely a house party is in the future. <laughs> so, so I'm curious about the guitars and the ukuleles. Like, I guess I always thought of a ukulele as, you know, that little Hawaiian instrument that they played and it wasn't very musical, but are there, obviously you make great music with it, but are there different types of ukuleles? Like there are different types of guitars? Well, there are. There are a lot of different makes of ukuleles, but there's also different sizes. But to, in answer to your comment, I was the same way. I was the same way. It wasn't even Hawaiian music as much as I was given the the experience of seeing Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. When we were young, right? Which was a mixed uh, experience. You know? <laughs> I mean, it was entertaining, but it was kind of bizarre at the same time. And it wasn't wasn't something that attracted me to ukulele, like watching, right? you know, Jimmy Page play guitar might have been. You know, it was, didn't have the same appeal until several years ago. I had an experience where um, a family member wanted to learn how to play. She was very young, and she wanted to learn, actually learn how to play guitar, and she was too young. So I suggested the, the ukulele. Got her one, got me one, started messing around with it and realized I had no idea how much fun and, and what beautiful music you can really make on a ukulele. And huh. it's been the, I will say it's been the musical surprise of my life to, to stumble literally upon the ukulele and, and it has doubled my business, literally. So really? you, well, yeah. ukulele is so popular right now and it's so great for children, but also for seniors. I have... I would say more more students over 55 or 60 than any other age because it is very, very player friendly and it doesn't have that painful uh, breaking it in part of learning how to play that guitar has. It's much easier. And it's also, it's very lightweight. And for people who may be dealing with arthritis or yep. different issues with their hands, the strings are very easy to press. There's only four of them. It's small, it fits small hands. That's right. So for people of our generation, it is a great it stringed is. instrument. It is. Just great. And it's well, I know. expensive too, yeah. compared to guitars. Yeah. yeah. And I know my mother, shortly after my father died, she um, started taking ukulele lessons. Um, she realized that singing was not her forte. <laughs> but, but learning to play the ukulele was fun for her. She enjoyed that. But, you know, a lot of people always wanted to play. I have a lot of students. I've always wanted to play an instrument. and Or I played something when I was a child. It, it wasn't a good experience. And the enthusiasm around ukuleles is stunning. Yeah. Truly. <laughs> really. It's there are really, lots of groups, lots yeah. of informal ukulele groups. Meetups. People who get together. That, right. yeah. It's wonderful. Wow. Yeah. Well, I have a couple of people that are watching saying they want to start playing ukulele. So I'm going to tell you guys how to get in touch with Stu if you want to take some lessons. Right. <laughs> Let's switch gears for just a moment, though, because we did mention that Jana is also an author and you have that book Magenta Rave out. So would you give us a, a brief summary or an idea of how you got into writing this book? Absolutely. Um, this book, I think, is a little bit before its time. It was published in, in 2013 and um, that was just before the Me Too movement and uh, uh girl with the dragon tattoo. Um, I was a big fan of thrillers and mysteries and, you know, fast paced plot driven books. But I, at some point I just, I've been a, you know, interested in women's right, 
rights and women's equality all my life. So at some point, I really got tired of woman always as victim, woman mm-hmm. pleading for help, not able to take care of herself and all that. And this story just kind of came to me fully formed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a um, novel about revenge. Uh, it's a woman, or you don't know who it is, actually, at some point, who um, takes on kind of her cause is to take care of or to get revenge on sexual offenders who've been released from prison early, too early in her mind. And she's a master of disguise. So we, we have two, we have wonderful roles for women in this book. And uh, there are two detectives who are after trying to solve this case. And this, this perpetrator is um, a master of disguise. So they don't know if they're dealing with one woman or 20 women. Um, and you know, the feedback that I've gotten from my readers is that can't put it down. It, you know, it just grabs you on the first page and takes you all the way to the conclusion. And that was really what I wanted to write. I set out to write something that was entertaining and fast paced, um, that would shine a light on the sexual abuse of women and children. And it sounds like it, it might be oh so gritty and difficult. And there are di- some difficult passages. They cent- it centers around a therapy group, you know, survivors group. Survivors group. Um, but there's a lot of humor in it. And I've had women uh, tell me who have been um, who are survivors of sexual assault that it's very cathartic for them. Uh, yeah, maybe they have to be a certain distance from it or something, but it's been very cathartic for them. So, um, you know, that's, that's pretty much the book. Um, here's a picture of it. There's the cover. Wait a minute. There it is. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's on Amazon, uh, and you can go there and read the reviews there. There's some wonderful reviews of it. Um, and uh, it's also an ebook form. And should we tell, um, Yes, tell. We have a dynamic young uh, producing team who we're in early talks um, to perhaps make this into a limited series or a movie. Um, oh, wow. That's all very preliminary. We don't know if anything will come of it, but yes, fingers it's crossed. It's exciting. <laughs> that is exciting. And you're working on a second book. Is that right? I'm working on a completely different second book that actually started as a memoir and ended up being kind of a coming of age tale and I'm in rewrites right now. Um, but well, you know, I, I, I intend to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exciting. So, so much creativity in this group. <laughs> um, and in your bio, as I was introducing you, you said you were surprised at how much fun you're having at this time of your life. And I'm curious what surprises you about that. Well, you know, when we're young, or when I was young, people who are our age look like old people, you know, mm-hmm. and, they, and they acted old, and they were tired, and they were, you know, worn out and stuff. And I never really thought that, that being in our late 60s and early 70s would be really fun, because the model I had for it was not fun. Right. It wasn't fun. It, it looked like it was hard, and there was a lot of illness, and it was, you know, problematic, you know, not much fun. And huh, I'm finding that I'm having more fun now than I've ever had and feel more <laughs> relaxed and more secure within myself and, and 
and satisfied with the work I do and excited about it. And my relationship with Jan is so great. And where we live out here on the Zonderosa is so sweet. And you know, life is just, you know, never been better. So I didn't know that was going to be the way it was going to be at this age. And I'm very happy about it. I, you know, it occurred to me as we were writing the bio for you, it just came up for me. I, I, I'm a little surprised and, and very happy about it. Of course, that, um, this is a happy time of life. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Jana. Well, um, just a recommendation to all people our age and younger, but particularly our age. Um, I think art of any kind, like if you look at what am I interested in? What have I always liked to do? Did I like to draw as a kid? If you rekindle that, um, it opens you up and peels away layers um, in ways that you just don't imagine. And it doesn't have to come to anything other than your own pleasure in doing it. Um, and so I just, I really recommend that. I think it's part of why we find this time so fulfilling. Um, it's because I, I will say, I'm also surprised that we, we can physically do the things that we still can, you know, that we can dance, we can move, we can sing. And, um, I think as long as you got it, use it, you know, whatever. There you go. Use Amen. it. No, that's right. You know, cause I think I had the same image, you know, I grew up in Miami and you would drive along South beach and it was just old people sitting there in the rocking chairs, practically waiting to die, you know, and recognizing now we're not old at almost 70, you know, we're still very vibrant very involved in life, very active. And there is a sort of inner peace that comes along with some of that, I think. I think yeah. so. I think yeah. so. A lot of the stress has been removed and pressure, you know. And, and I think you've come to know yourself and you accept yourself. I mean, I think it's important to accept yourself and say, okay, all the things I thought I would do, I didn't do, but I ended up doing some things that were even better. You know, so yeah. Um, so I think that you come to peace with who you are, and um, you don't have that great youthful body that you once had, but you still got a good body, and you know, might as well use it. Thank you. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, you weren't talking about just me. I was actually. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Some of these comments are wonderful uh, from Lynn Austin. She says, Stu is the best teacher. When you take a lesson, he emails a recording of it so you can retake it. Also, he sends a recording to play along with. Mm -hmm. Sissy says, you two are great. David says, I have a lesson with Stu tomorrow. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Kathy posted the link to your book on Amazon. Oh, nice. Yes. Um, and she wishes you good luck in your negotiations for your TV series. Yeah. That would be so exciting. That would be the best thing ever. That would be something. Yeah. That would be so exciting. So what's next for y'all? Well, we for sure want to make it through this, uh, this virus time of life. And uh, we're kind of fairly hunkered in until it's over. Um, we're going to get back to performing. You know, we our, our work goes on. You know, I teach from home and, uh, you know, my my commute is from the kitchen to my office here. And and so that's that's not going to change. And I'm busy and Jan's working on her projects. And when things lighten up and we feel like people can gather, we'll start traveling and playing some more. Yeah. You know, and, uh, have you been able to do any concerts during the pandemic, like online or anything? No, we had one 
really lovely night yeah. where it, when it seemed like things were you know coming together a little bit a few months ago a friend of ours uh, asked us to play at a dinner party of theirs the, it's kind of a long story but really lovely group of seven couples and we let a motown sing along i'm from detroit <laughs> so it's very easy for me so we let a motown sing along and it was just it felt yeah. so good first of all to be singing in front of people yeah. and sing-alongs for us have always been like having people join us has always been um the most fun sure. you know, so, so so tell me if i want to do a house party what does that look like well it looks like this you uh we'd come to your house and we'd move the furniture around a little bit to make space and we would set up <laughs> some chairs and it would be, actually be a concert it's not it, it wouldn't resemble a party where we're in the corner playing people would buy tickets and you as the host wouldn't have to deal with any of that. We would handle all of that. Uh -huh. We'd have refreshments. People would come in at a point of time. We'd play for an hour and a half or so, and they would go home. And it would be a very comfortable, intimate, fun, a uh, lot of interaction back and forth kind of night. And that's our venue. That you know, We used to play in bars when we were young, and come on. And, uh, <laughs> and we're ready to go to bed by the time the bars are ready to go. <laughs> Right. You start early, you end early, it works beautifully. House concerts, you start at seven, you're done by nine. <laughs> Fun. So it's not like a dinner party. It is actually a concert. Yes. Right. We yeah. set up the PA, the whole thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's wonderful. House concerts are the greatest. They're and great. we can sing along. For sure. Absolutely. For sure. We For encourage sure. it. We encourage it. And we, we even do a little dancing and That's encourage right. people to dance. Or right. I, I do a little dancing. You say we. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll dance with you, Jana. <laughs> Right. That sounds like fun. All right, I'm looking around at my space to figure out how we're going to do this. And you'll travel a little bit, a little ways to yeah. do it? Absolutely, yes. yeah. Yes. Awesome. All right, y'all, stay tuned. We're going to have a house party when the pandemic is over. Right. House, right. house concert. Okay. All right, so the Hey Boomer Show is about inspiring people to live their best life into their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. And so I'm wondering if you all have a couple of takeaways that you would like to leave with the audience. Well, I would say, look for the fun. Look for the laugh. You know, um, time is short in this world. You know, it, it goes by and, you know, I, I, you know, I think people worry too much and they stress too much. And, you know, in the end, things tend to work out. There's, there's a saying that I really like that, you know, things always work out in the end. So if it hasn't worked out yet, it's not the end. You know? <laughs> right. It's kind of, a, a, kind of silly, but it makes it, it, I hear that. Right. So I'm just looking for the good time and, and having as much fun and, and enjoying these years as much as possible. And I would encourage people to do what feels right to you. Do the authentic thing that is in your heart to do and you'll be okay. And I would just briefly add to that, that if you're carrying anything, any non-forgiveness of yourself or anybody else for that matter, but particularly of yourself, if you're carrying these negative thoughts to come about, I can't, I shouldn't, I should have, I would have, to really, really act. There are all kinds of practices to help you get rid of that. But if you can let go of all that stuff and stay as much as possible in the present moment, then um, it brings so much joy and, and relief and satisfaction into your life. And I, that has been something that I think I've worked on my whole life. And I'm getting closer to being able to do that. 
Yeah. Yeah, I know that is kind of a lifetime practice. <laughs> we do get in our heads and in our way a lot. Too but much. when you're in that moment of just kind of pure, purely present, doing something you love to do, that to me is the payoff in life. That's it right there. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so grateful to be doing this and to have you as guests. Yeah. So I, I do want to have you play another song um, as I show your um, contact information on the screen. Would that be all right? That right. would be great. But before you do it, you know, we really want to encourage people to subscribe to your show because yes. we've been watching for several weeks and it's, it's terrific. It's different every week. And, and all of you, all of our friends out there, people who are just tuning in, this is a good show. This is, this, this is for us. This right. is for us. Right. And even if you're younger, it's an interesting show. Very, very uh, different topics every week. And you do a great job, Wendy. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Put the email on the screen. You can email me. There's a new website going up, hopefully by the end of this week, but it will be the same website address. So thank you, Stu. Of course. I get lucky because I have great guests like you guys. So that definitely helps. All right. So I'm going to show your contact information as, mm -hmm. oh, and we get to hear Jana play today mm -hmm. too, tonight. See how well the student has done. Over the years. <laughs> You can get the lessons and you don't have to marry him either. So, you know, that's good. I just yeah, well, he, yeah, that. otherwise he's practicing polygamy, right? You know. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. Here we go. I'm in tune. Awesome. Who knew you could make that kind of music on a ukulele? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's been wonderful great. being here with you. Wendy. Thank you so thank much, you so much. Wendy, for having me. Ah, really been wonderful here. having you guys here. So thank you all for tuning in today. I know your time is valuable and I truly, truly appreciate your support of Stu and Jana, your support of Hey Boomer, your support of all of us. Please help me grow the audience. As they said, subscribe. And remember, you are never too old to set another goal or dream a new dream. Amen. So my name is Wendy Green, and this has been Hey Boomer. <laughs>